be the voice of the community. So today I just wanted to come on ever so briefly. So let me start by saying Happy New Year to you all. I'm glad we all made it over that proverbial hump. And we are here now into the new year of 2022. And that is a great thing. That is a great thing. We have lost many of our greats in the last 48 hours. Just in the last 48, really 72 hours, we've lost a lot of our greats. And uh, so it, it does do my heart some good to know that many of my friends and family, we made it over to see another year. Uh, so we have to definitely thank God above for getting us over that hump, moving into new beginnings and being able to see something special in our lives in the new year. Now, I know some of you all are probably still doing resolutions. I don't think I've done a resolution ever, uh, but uh, I do believe that people need to do things that affirm to themselves or actually motivate themselves to do better. If that is a resolution, stick with it. Don't deny nor lie to yourself and push yourself to do better and to be better. But right now in our new year, in our new year, we're going to talk about something that is very special near and dear to me. So I typically don't like to just talk arbitrarily off the cuff. I like to try to pick those topics that are near and dear to me and they make sense. Um, so today, what we're going to talk about 18 and the trauma of turning 18 years of age. Now, I'm going to make it a very finite group. I'm not talking to everybody, not talking about everybody. Um, I have not done a lot of research on how this broad spectrum on a macro scale affects too many people, but I am going to talk about how it affected myself, me and mine, and the groups of people that I worked with and things that I see even today. So what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the trauma of turning 18 years of age. And so I want us to all come back with Life According to Malik and be prepared to discuss the trauma of turning age 18. I know some of you all are probably saying, wait, what trauma? 18, that's when, when you're about to be grown it. Let's talk about that trauma of turning 18. Life According to Malik, MJP Radio, we'll be right back. <laughs> Shining up, come on, mom. I'm not Bowser, mom, please. But back the bell bottom, Brady one's trousers. But if 
you don't want to, I can live with that. But you gotta put back the double knit reversible slacks. She wasn't in, everything stayed the same. Inevitably, the first day of school came. I thought I could get over. I tried to play sick, but my mom said, Meow, no way. Uh uh, forget it. There was nothing I could do. I tried to relax. I got dressed up in those ancient artifacts. And when I walked into school, it was just as I thought. The kids were cracking up, laughing at the clothes mom bought. And those who weren't laughing still had a ball. Cause they were pointing and whispering as I walked down the hall. I got home and told my mom how my day went. She said, if they were laughing, you don't need them. Cause they're not good friends. For the next six hours, I tried to explain to my mom that I was going to have to go through this about 200 more times. So to you other kids all across the land, no need to argue, parents just don't understand. Okay, here's the situation. My parents went away on a week's vacation and they left the keys to the brand new porch. They mine. Mm, well, of course not. I'll just take it for a little spin and maybe show it off to a couple of friends. I'll just cruise it around the neighborhood. I should. Yeah, of course I should. Pay attention, here's the thick of the plot. I pulled up to the corner at the end of my block. And that's when I saw this beautiful girl, the girl walking. I picked up my car phone to perpetrate like I was talking. You should have seen this girl's bodily dimensions. I honked my horn just to get her attention. She said, was that for me? I said, yeah. She said, why? I said, come on and take a ride with the hell of a guy. She said, how do I know you're not sick? You could be some deranged lunatic. I said, come on, toots. My name is the prince. Besides, would a lunatic have a Porsche like this? She agreed and we were on our way. She was looking very good, so was I must say word. We hit McDonald's, pulled into the drive. We ordered two Big Macs and two large fries for Cokes. She kicked the shoes off onto the floor. She said, drive fast, speed turns me on. She put a hand on my knee. I put my foot on the gas. We almost got whiplash. I took off so fast. The sunroof was open. The music was high. And this girl's hand was steadily moving up my thigh. She had opened up three buttons on her shirt so far. I guess that's why I didn't notice that police car. We're doing 90 in my mom's new Porsche. And to make this long story short, short, when the cop pulled me over, I was scared as hell. I said, I don't The car was impounding. There was no way for me to avoid being grounded. My parents had to come off a of vacation to get me. I'd rather be in jail than to have my father hit me. My parents walked in and I got my grip. I said, uh, mom, dad, how was your trip? They didn't speak. I said, I want to plead my case. But my father just shoved me in the car by my face. That was a hard ride home. I don't know how I survived it. They took turns. One would beat me while the other one was driving. I can't believe it. I just made a mistake. Well, are the same no matter time no place so to you other kids all across the land take it from me parents just don't understand hey what's up world it's your guy malik again and so hey we are now talking to our young people last segment we talked to the parents and we talked about the trauma of turning 18. we talked about that trauma of man not being prepared not ready to go off into this world not really prepared to do whatever needs to be done at this point to be an adult. Because why? We tell our young people at age 18, you are an adult and you need to be prepared to take care of yourself, whether that's go to college, go to the military, get a job, uh, whatever it takes just to get you out of my house, right? So now I'm talking to young people. 
Young people, you need to set aside your pride. So let me start there. Young people, set aside your pride. Set aside what society tells you is a age of accountability and that 18 makes you grown. No, 18 assists you in making some life choices on your own. But grown is, so let me give you my perspective of grown. Grown is being able to come in and accept your responsibility for yourself as well as those who depend on you. So if you have children or a spouse, but at 18, especially for my young men, so I want my young men to hear me. If you step up and say, hey, I'm going to take this young lady away from her father and make her my own, and you stand and you give those vows before the Lord and say, hey, this is my spouse. This is what's going to make me whole. And then on that, from that perspective, you take that woman, you create a family, you procreate, you create a family, and then you start making bad financial decisions. You start making bad uh, overall decisions as it pertains to your household. Then you have to be willing to accept, but also work your way out of those bad decisions. And all of them are not monetary. Some of them are just how you spend your time, how you spend time together, how you take care of one another. That is what we talk about when we talk about bad decision making. And bad decision making is not solely on one person. Sometimes they're joint decisions. Taking that trip to Vegas instead of paying your rent first. Um, I, I actually, a very comical situation with it being the first of the year, I had a friend reach out to me and say, hey, I need to borrow X, Y, and Z so that I could pay my rent. But when you looked at their social media pages, it was just a mad blast of photographs of them drinking and consuming alcohol and large amounts of food uh, while in Vegas and enjoying themselves for the first of the year. And they brought in the new year in Vegas, but now you had to come home and talk to a friend about borrowing your rent money. A borrowing scenario, young people, and this is when you are truly grown and understanding that a borrowing scenario from anyone, a bank, uh, a person you know, is just a delayed gratification. It really is because, and it's really not gratifying. Because what you're doing is you, you, you borrow the money from a friend, you pay your rent, you still owe that friend. So every dollar that you spend above returning that money back to them is potentially the loss of a good friend. And understand the value of your friendships, the value of your relationships should far outweigh any monetary unit, whether it's a dollar, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. $5,000, $10 million. Your relationship should be not be built on monetary gain. It should not be built and limited to monetary uh, issues, success, or growth. It should truly be a relationship that builds you as a human being, as a person, as a gentleman, as a lady, and that's where your relationships would be. But that's a part of being grown is being able to identify being able to identify that, hey, my relationships mean more to me than this trip to Las Vegas. So in being grown, you have to make those hard decisions that hmm, I'm not going to be 
overly grown and go to Las Vegas. I'm just going to be grown and stay home, pay my rent on time and enjoy bringing in the new year. Well, how does that affect you and that trauma of turning 18? You have to understand that there are some things you need to be doing now, prepping for 18. When does that start? You say, Malika, when does that start? Doc, help us out. That starts, honestly, when you enter the eighth grade. I don't care how old you are, but it honestly starts when you enter the eighth grade. And you need to seriously consider what it takes being grown on the other end. Now, understand your parents should be assisting you, your parents, your guardians, your teachers, your counselors, these people that are around you on a daily basis, these true adults, they need to be counseling you. They need to be offering you counsel to say, hey, what are you planning on doing after high school? That conversation should start in the eighth grade. Take the ACT. Yes, I know it costs money. Dig in those pockets. Get that money out, get that card out, swipe it, call it in, dial it in, type it in. And guess what? Pay for that test. Take it as many times as you can to eliminate any anxiety. I know a lot of schools these days, uh, COVID withstanding, are taking students in without the ACT, SAT. But that's also limiting the amount of scholarship dollars that you're eligible for. So keep in mind that in adulting, you have to make that conscious decision that, hey, I'm going to take this test because I think I'm in the running for scholarships versus trying to save thirty four and forty five dollars today just to go out and buy a new pair of sneakers or go to lunch or buy a new pair of jeans or what have you. It's really about what the, is that long term effect of saving this money. So young people, when you start thinking about what does it take to be an adult so that you don't feel the impact of the trauma of being 18 or turning 18, you need to seriously consider what is on the other side of 18 that you want. So when we come back, we're going to close out with our third segment, but I'm going to talk to you about my son's decisions and how I'm working with them to make sure that they meet their end goals and be able to reach the end game, putting them in the best position possible. Life According to Malik, MJP Radio, WDRB, Voice of the Community. Oh, 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 oh. Just take a pause for a minute. Let's go. <laughs> Check it out, man. It's your man, Bowieezy, right here live. Can direct. Talking to all y'all youngins out there, baby. Can't wait till I turn 18. I know it's the same for y'all, man. I know, I know. I'm talking about pulling up in them big cars on them 20s. Nah, forget that. I'm talking about Charlie Woodson's, man. I'm, I'm talking about 24s, man. It's a rap for y'all when I turn 18, man. <laughs> Listen to the hook. When I turn 18, I need a ride on some rims that's clean. In them brand new days when I hit the when scene. I turn 18, I need a girlfriend older than me. And she gon' have to be a dime if she rollin' with when me. When I turn 18, pull up and stop. Let my sister knock. They all know I'm super cool when I drop. When I turn 18, I get my crib up on my first day. And every week we celebrate like it's my birthday. I'ma be leaning and dipping, sitting on inches, rotting. Getting at women, they loving my every sentence. It's wheezy, baby. From the truck to the drop to the cool to the hot two seater, y'all. You got to believe me, baby. The game tight and the bank right. Since fame came in the bright lights, you gotta release me, baby. 
can't be tied up Can't be handcuffed to no check at the party when I ride up Cause I got the mingle, I know I'm great with the lingo But check it, I gotta motivate, I just gotta be single And yeah, like when I sing you, yeah, like how you jingle And yeah, said I'ma ring you This morning, but I think I'll be okay. I'll be okay. My car still smells like my mom is gonna kill me. Gonna kill me. Traffic's backed up from corner to corner, so I guess I'll hit the highway. The highway. Shake away all the stress off my shoulders. Gonna have a good day, a good Because day. Because I'm 18 and I still live with my parents. Yeah, they're not like yours. Well, yours are more understanding. I've never fell in love. I save those feelings for you. So let's do all the stupid stuff that young kids do. What's up, guys? This is Guy Malik. And so, look, closing out this particular show, and I think I'm going to do a follow-up on this one. There may be a part two to this one because I want to bring some friends in, get their perspective, maybe do an hour-long show. And like I've told you before, Life According to Malik is going to be making some changes as we begin to migrate away from our friends at WDRB, the voice of the community. So as we become solely under the MJP radio stamp, I may have to bring some friends in just to be able to talk us through getting over this very important milestone. But in some communities, the, there, there are uh, uh, bar mitzvahs and kitzneras and all things that identify us moving into this growth factor. And then when you look at most of the Negro communities, many that are prescribed to East African and Northwestern African uh, 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 ideology and understanding and, traditionals and uh, traditions and practices, Many of them look at, they do that rite of passage, which I always encourage every young man to link up with an organization and do a rite of passage. Get that rite of passage, understand what you're moving into when we talk about manhood, young ladies, all of you need to be involved in different things, if it, whether it's a cotillion or whether it's something, your own female rite of passage, you need to move into those things so you can get an in-depth understanding from your elders. But when we talk about turning 18 and experiencing that trauma, 18 has become a fear for so many. So let me touch on a couple of groups that, that, that 18 becomes a fear. 
those young people of ours that we have taken our hands off of and allowed them to go into the juvenile justice system. The juvenile justice system most of the time cuts them off at age 18. What's on the other side of those steel bars at age 18? There's no more structure. There's no more clean clothes. There's nowhere to live unless there's a family member willing to take them in, which often, more often than not, it is not. So that group tends to be our forgotten. They reoffend to go in because they're going back to what they're comfortable with. Not all, so I will never say 100%, but a large number does. Let's also look at the foster child or the orphan, right? My mom took in foster children. I raised around them. She adopted five girls, which I thought was a beautiful thing. But for many foster children, age 18 is eerie. There's a fear, an innate fear, a, a pit wrenching, stomach gut punching fear that is created because at 18, we're cutting you off. There's no more benefits. So the person you're living with, they don't receive a, a, a stipend or, or, or monthly uh, reception of, 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 of good money. I think I think they I think our government to an extent does well when it comes to our foster children, ensuring that the resources are there to at least get them through the daily basic life support so that they can continue on without hindrances. I think where we do wrong, and this is a whole nother show, but where I think we do wrong is how we shuttle them around and move them around so often. And then the young people just never get that sense of stability and that sense of love and admiration that they need in order to develop. But neither here nor there, that's a whole nother show. But we need to focus on, we need to focus on, we do, we need to focus on, how do we get these young people in the foster care system over that hump that jumps up and kicks them in the back at age 18? See, there's nothing for them, and that's what they're told. Now, if they get with a good family that is uh, uh, at least rooted in spirituality, rooted in family, rooted in uh, education being a form of advancement, or they are a historical military family and it gets them moving forward, that gives them a fighting chance, but it does not win the war. So what we have to do is we have to remember that even those foster children, even those young people coming out of the juvenile justice system, I got it, there's very few benefits that are available to anyone to take them in. But we need to figure out how we can get them over that hump. That's the foster child and the orphan. That's the, the, the child leaving the juvenile justice system. But even that child who left from what's considered a healthy family, two parents, siblings, nice home, own bedroom, went to school every day, made fairly decent grades. How do we get them over that hump, that trauma of turning 18? Now, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but I am a big fan of the Cosby show. Uh, Dr. William H. Cosby, better known as Bill Cosby, he, he actually did something that will probably never be done again, and it transcends the test of time. He did, he put together a comedy show that taught us how to not only be family, 
but it taught us how to operate as a family and to move as a family. If you ever look at the dynamic of that show, it was an upper middle class black family with the mother as a lawyer, the father who was a uh, OBGYN. And, and he went on to, you know, and his children, which Theo, the only son, he was uh, dyslexic. And he found this out at a late age, sort of like me, found out at a late age that he was dyslexic. And he went on to overcome dyslexia to go to college. He went to college and then there were later shows where he was fighting through college. And as the show ended, it ended with Theo graduating from college. And then Theo going in, working with this community center, taking on a bigger and better job. It was even the one child who did not complete college. She went, she dropped out. Uh, she, But there was a spinoff show, A Different World. There was a spinoff show and then she, but she left. She found a good man who was in the military. He was in the Navy and he served admirably. I don't remember what his rank was in the show, but even they had shown where there was growth, success. She was a mother, not of a blended family. She accepted his daughter as her, as her own. And then you had the eldest daughter and son-in-law who were both doctors or no, he was a doctor. She was a lawyer. And then they had their little fighting up the ladder, uh, little episodes and how they lived in, the, in a horrible apartment. And they even needed support from family. But what that show taught us was that you don't jump past 18 into 30, where you have the knowledge of an adult, you have the knowledge of your elders, you have the knowledge of the world around you and you can benefit from that that's not what it showed us what it showed us was that family sticks together regardless they all lived in and around the immediate area there in brooklyn new york in their brownstone and mom and dad was there to provide for all until they could provide for themselves and I, I guess that's the true point of overcoming that trauma is that we as parents, we should not be throwing our children to the wolves as though they are bloodied carcasses and leaving them to be decimated and to be eaten by anyone looking to take from their bones. Young people, do not put your parents in that position. Go to school, do the best you can, even if your intentions are to join the military. Look at me. I joined the military after going to college. I enjoyed my years of college. Pledge fraternity, Omega Psi Phi to the day I die. Gamma Gamma chapter, shout out to you all and all the undergraduate chapters at Grambling State University and to Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated Global at Snapfinger. Hey, I love my fraternity. I love my university. I love my HBCU. I know that is like a little gimmicky term now. But I do. I love Grammar. Got my purple and gold on today. But put yourself in a position to enjoy and to at least give yourself that opportunity to join a fraternity. Go to college. Enjoy college football, college basketball, the band, uh, the ladies, young men, the ladies. You will meet some of the most beautiful women from all over the world on a college campus, no matter how big or how small. I am an advocate for HBCUs, but I am also an advocate for post-secondary training, education, and planning. 
So if you don't plan to go to college, the military is an option. You all have heard me say on this show before that the military has placed more of American Negroes into the uh, into the middle class than anything else in the world. Keep in mind, a graduation class from an HBCU is very minuscule to the number of black people who graduate from a basic training, basic training, graduation from any service of the military. We have five, any branch of the military at this time. So when your university, HBCUs, when your university graduates 400 at any given time, the U.S. Army brought in 400 just in the two spring classes. So what we have to remember is that everything is not finite. Some things to overcome that age 18 trauma just has to be planned for. So guys, look, in the new year, bless you all. I'm glad for those of you who are listening, you made it to this side. And again, I think this there will be a part two to this particular segment uh, talking about the trauma of turning 18. But I really think that in this year, in this year, we need to start over. The black community needs to start over and start growing our people at a much earlier age and understanding that we do not push our people into the street and that's starting with our children. So one of the things I want you all to do, uh, there is a book called The Meritocracy Trap. There's a book called The Meritocracy Trap. And what I will start doing is if I'm going to use this platform, I'll start having the book to hold up for you. And so you can get the author's name, but there's a book called The Meritocracy Trap. Uh, it's just a white covered book with a star on the front and I believe the author's name is pronounced either Miskovich or Moscovich, but regardless, he writes his book and it's called The Meritocracy Trap. And I want all parents to read that book and then hand it to your high school junior and let them read it so they can see that meritocracy doesn't work. There is no meritocracy. That is a falsehood. This whole thing of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and you're going to make it. No, there are some people who already start three quarters up the way of the ladder and their parents, their name, their education, where they live, puts them to the top of that ladder. So I want you to read that so that we are best preparing our young people for what's to come. Um, but again, if we're going to use this platform, we'll start having those books available. So again, like I normally say, and until COVID passes and all of its little variants, mask up, be safe. And if no one's told you this week, Dr. Malik loves you.